Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Judges chapter 1. Found it? All right. We're going to read a couple verses here and uh, talk about some things tonight just for a little while here. And... uh, We'll just uh, see where we go. Judges chapter 1 says, Now after the death of Joshua, it came to pass that the children of Israel asked the Lord, saying, Who shall go up for us us against the Canaanites first to fight against them? And the Lord said, Judah shall go up. Behold, I have delivered the land into his hand. Now Judah was one of the uh, sons of Jacob. You know, he had 12 sons. And they all, you know, were named names that meant something, you know. And the name Judah means praise. And I I think it's significant that when they say, they ask God, you know, who's going to go up against the Canaanites first? And God said, send Judah. Or send praise first. Amen. And so tonight, I just want to talk to us just a little bit about how to have continual victory through praise. Continual victory through praise and how we can do that. You know, God wants us to have victory. The Bible says He he always causes us to triumph. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. But sometimes that victory has to be appropriated. You have to do things. It's already paid for. Don't misunderstand me. You can't pay for it. But there's things that you have to do. Amen. You know, I was praying for a friend of mine many, many years ago. Uh, back in the early, early, early part of the 80s. Well, not what about mid-80s, I guess it was. A little past mid-80s. And praying for a friend of mine. I, they were suffering with something in their body. And as I went to pray, the Lord just impressed me. He said, don't pray about it. Just praise me and thank me for their healing. So I just took off. I just began spending, I don't know how long I spent, I don't remember, but just spent a lot of time just praising God and thanking God for their healing. You know, they were, they were healed. Amen. Hallelujah. Their symptoms disappeared, I should say. Praise God. Yeah, that's, that's healing, isn't it? Yes, it is. Amen. Every symptom disappeared. Well, you know, there's something to this. Amen. There's something to this. I want to show this to you how, how if we learn to praise God, we can have continual victory. Amen. Hallelujah. I didn't say we wouldn't have any trials, any tribulation, any trouble, but we're going to have victory in the midst of it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. There's a, you know, I asked Phyllis, because I wanted to read the chapter again, but I've got a book. I asked her where it was at, and she found it for me. I got a book that uh, by, she was formerly a medical doctor. Her name was Lillian B. Yeoman. And Miss Yeoman was a medical doctor, you know, and she got... She got hooked on drugs, you know, the stuff she was giving out, she got hooked on it, you know. And, and, and God saved her and delivered her. And then she became a preacher. And, uh, you know, began, she began uh, preaching uh, the gospel and all. And in her book, she has a book about healing. And in her book, she tells this story about, you know, about this person that had this certain kind of disease and so they had a special treatment for it in Austria, you know, and said they sent her over there. And part of the treatment was you slept in a cold upper room attic, you know, 
And, you know, she said you get up in the morning, you know, and the, the, you had a basin of water to wash in and it, it was skimmed over with ice. You'd have to break the ice. And then, you know, you'd come down and you'd have to march in the cold several miles to go get breakfast or to, or to drink this sulfur water. This sulfur water was supposed to have some healing properties to it. And so it cost a lot of money to do this. I mean, you had to be fairly wealthy to do this. And uh, you, they, would, they would walk for miles and get to this place where they had a sulfur spring. She said it, it tasted like rotten eggs and sulfur, you know. And you'd get a cup or two cups, you know, and then they'd march off to breakfast and you get one cold, hard, brown uh, roll, you know, and all. And somehow all this treatment was supposed to be good for your constitution, you know. Then she said, you know, then she, she talked about, because she's a medical doctor, she knew some of these things, about, you know, the grape cure, where all you ate was grapes. Amen. I'm looking for the chocolate cure, where all you ate is chocolate, you know, or the steak cure, but whatever. Amen. You know, all these, you know, all these paths you're supposed to bring healing to, you know, and then they had one, you know, it was called the hot, you know, the hot uh, mud uh, cure, you know, where, no, you didn't eat the mud, you lay in the mud, you know, and it's supposed to cure you. She said, it didn't seem like what path, what, whatever path you took, they all led to the grave. But she said, I know a sure cure. Amen. It's called the praise cure. Hallelujah. And she talked about this missionary. In those days, smallpox was really deadly. You know, I mean, it'd kill you, to, you know, uh, before they had, all, all the, had it under control. And just this lady had contact, this missionary from China had contacted smallpox, but she was back in the United States and she was staying at this, this uh, house. And, uh, you know, she was covered with smallpox and they put her up, you know, up in a room to, well, probably die, you know. But she began to praise the Lord and just began to praise the Lord. And they were telling her, no, you got to rest and be quiet, be still and recover. But she just kept praising the Lord and praising the Lord and praising the Lord. This, this missionary lady, she said, you know, after praising the Lord for a long time, she saw a vision. And in this vision, she saw a basket, saw two baskets. In one basket, it had testing. The other basket, it had praise. And it was like a balancing skills, you know. And the praise, the, the, the testing outweighed the praise. So the praise basket was full or the, the testing basket was full, and the praise basket was just half full. So she saw, i gotta, I got to get my praise level up yeah. above my testing. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And so she began to praise the Lord until that, about morning time, she saw that flip. She saw that praise basket get full, and it flipped, and it turned, and she was totally healed. Yeah. Hallelujah. And, and Miss Yeoman went around pre preaching the praise cure after that. You know, you praise your way to victory. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, you know, God said, send Judah first. Amen. Let him go first. I want to read your story. Let's go to 2 Chronicles where they sent the praisers first. Amen. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, go there. <clears throat> you know, it's important that we open our mouths and praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Right. Certainly at church. Amen. This ought to be the easiest place to do it but also during your private life at home. Amen. Praise the Lord. Give Him thanks during the day. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, I just don't do that. I'm not like that. Well, you're supposed to be. The Bible says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. The Bible doesn't really give us much choice. It just tells us to do it. Now, you don't have to do it. God won't make you, but you're not going to have the blessing that you could have. Hallelujah. In Second Chronicles, you know, this is a... Uh, uh, is Judah here and uh, Jehoshaphat 
And great multitudes come against them, the Bible says. We won't read it all for our time's sake, because we've got some other scriptures we're going to look at tonight. But understand, there's a great multitude, and they've, they've sought God, and they're praying and asking for God's intervention. In verse 20, it says, And they rose early. This is Jehoshaphat and Judah. They rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and uh, ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe His prophets, so shall you prosper. Well, the prophet had just said, we won't, we won't take time to read it, but the prophet had just said in verse 15, he said, the battle is not yours but God's. And he said, the Lord will be with you. So Jehoshaphat saying, believe that. Believe that. Believe it. Just choose to believe that. And when he had consulted, verse 21, with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army. And to say, praise the Lord, for His mercy endureth forever. Now, I just read that. You know, I decided he either heard from God or he had an issue with the praise team that morning. He's sending them out in front. But how many know he's heard from God? They've heard from God. And verse 22 says, When they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of, the, of Mount Seir, utterly to slay and to destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy another. And when, you know, praise confuses the devil's radar. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You know, well, I'll, I'll leave that alone. That's another teaching. But anyway, verse 24, And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they were looked and be, unto the multitude, and behold, they were all dead bodies fallen to the earth, and none escaped. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies, precious jewels which they stripped off for themselves. Listen to this now. More than they could carry away. They, they were three days in gathering the spoil. It was so much. What a great victory. Hallelujah. And it came because they praised the Lord. God gave them victory. Amen. Right in the midst of things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe I want to look at, look at some scripture tonight. Go to Psalm 8. I wasn't planning on going to all these, but we'll go to some of them. Go to Psalm 8. It's just good to see we can have continual victory. If we just learn to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Do you ever, does God ever get on to you for complaining? Or you just don't do it? <laughs> we have an altar call for Jordan here a little bit. No. <laughs> I've caught myself, you know, and, and it's like this, you know, sometimes I'll be complaining about something. Not, not people necessarily. I can, I, can, I can complain about, like I said the other day, I was complaining about my phone. It wasn't doing what I thought it should do. I was upset with it. Amen. But it was most likely the, the person working the phone that had the problem. But, you know, and there's times God will say something to me. I, he'll, 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 he'll bring up the children of Israel to me and say, you sound like the children of Israel. You got it good, you got it blessed, and you're complaining. Hallelujah. So we have to learn, you know, that uh, 
complaining doesn't do anything but release poison. It takes the anointing away from you. Best just to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says in everything give thanks. Now, not for everything. I, n I never did believe that doctrine. We had that doctrine going around back in the early 80s, late 70s, where a guy wrote a book, and he was a good guy, and he loved God, and he thought he was teaching well, but it really wasn't scriptural. He said, thank God for everything. Thank God I had a car wreck. Thank God I got cancer. Thank God I broke my arm. No, you don't thank God for everything. God's not doing everything regardless of what people think. He's not doing everything. Amen. No, you thank Him in everything, in the midst of everything. Not for everything. Amen. You thank Him in, in the midst. No matter what's going on, we're thanking the Lord. Amen. Because there's some power that can be released. Amen. You know, I just, I just, just you know, I just, this came to me a long time ago. That God never has you to do anything for His benefit. It's always for your benefit. Amen. Now, in Psalm 8, go there. It says in verse 2, it says, Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that you might steal the enemy and the avenger. You can stop the enemy in his tracks by praise. And, you know, how do you know that's praise? Well, Jesus gave us the interpretation of this verse in Matthew 21, 16, where he said, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, you have perfected praise. So what, well, he's saying you can stop, you can literally stop the enemy. Look at Psalm 9. Psalm 9, verse 1. I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart, I will show forth all your marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. When my enemies are turned back, they shall fall and perish at your presence. What's he saying, man? When I, when I praise you, your presence shows up. God inhabits the praises of his people. Hallelujah. And his presence shows up and your enemies are turned back and they fall at the presence of God. Hallelujah. I believe you can praise your way out of anything. Paul and Silas praised their way out of jail. The Bible says at midnight they prayed and sang praises. Amen. And they weren't quiet about it. Pastor uh, Eveline was talking about that. The prisoners heard them. And Paul and Silas were in the innermost part of the prison. So they weren't being quiet about it. A lady said to me one time, <clears throat> she knew how we believed. She knew we believed sometimes in being a little loud, being demonstrative and so forth in our praise and so forth. And she said to me, because she was trying to defend what she believed, and she said, I have a praise in my heart. But did you know the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, yeah. the mouth speaks. Yeah. If it's in there, it's going to come out. Right. Glory be to God. So you have to have it in there. Amen you got to be thankful for what God's done for you. Hallelujah. Just the fact you're not going to hell, something to shout about. My gosh. He didn't have to redeem us, did he? But he did. Hallelujah. So i got something to shout about. you got something to shout about. You know, until the Lord comes. Glory to God. You say, well, that's just not my makeup. No, it's, but you have to sometimes... Uh, do things that make you uncomfortable. I remember when I first got saved, you know, people at church would raise their hands. I thought, man, I, look, I don't know if I want to do that. You know, you just like get them up like this, you know, something like that and, and all. But you know what? You got to get over yourself. Right. Hallelujah. Uh, I, something Norval Hay said years ago. He said, people didn't come to church, didn't dress up, come to church to watch you. 
I thought, well, that's the truth. You know, we, we didn't do that. We, we came to worship the Lord. Hallelujah. And the Bible talks about lifting up holy hands. You know, the Bible talks about shouting. Amen. The Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. It's interesting. You can look it up yourself. That's Psalm 100, where it says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. If you look that up in the Hebrew, it says an ear-splitting noise. Hallelujah. Amen. So, so it's talking about being loud at times. Of course, we know there's times we're, we're quiet before the Lord, but there's times to be loud before the Lord. There's times to shout. Hallelujah. There's times to dance. Amen. That's in the Bible. I said it's in the Bible. There's times to run. Praise God. David said, through my God, I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. Hallelujah. Some people see that and they think, well, that's wild. You know what? I think the people that don't do it are the ones that are in error. Not the ones doing it. I, you know, I don't have to, we don't have to defend. I always, I said this years ago, all of us that speak in tongues are normal. Those that don't aren't. Because everybody in your New Testament spoke in tongues. Every one of them. They all did. The church at Ephesus, the church at Colossae, the church at Thessalonica, the church at Corinth, they did it so much. Paul had to say, wait, oh, let's put this in the right order here. It's good, but oh, I speak in tongues more than y'all, but let's do it right, you know. Let's do it the right way. And so, so they all spoke in tongues. And, and today we're supposed to say we don't today? I don't think so. I told Phyllis I'm going to teach on, on that sometime when the Lord releases me because i got a lot of things to say. But just one of the things I've always said over years, why in the world would God give us instructions on how to, use, uh, have, how to speak in tongues, how to use tongues, and then it passed away? Yeah. That's just stupid. Leave it in the Bible for thousands of years and we don't need it? If we don't do it, what do we need it for? He wouldn't put instructions in there on how to do something and say, well, it passed away, so you don't really need that part. Well, then why don't we just cut it out of the Bible then? That's foolishness. Amen? That's just foolishness. We got it all. Amen? Hallelujah. And we should still be praising the Lord. You know what I've noticed now? Here's what I've noticed. You know, we used to get made fun of, you know, on Pentecost because of the way we praise the Lord, you know, you know, lift our hands and, you know, sing and worship the Lord. Maybe sometimes shout or dance a little or run a little bit, you know. Now, it, and what I've noticed is a lot of these churches that made fun of us, they, now they sing the songs that our people wrote. You're singing, tongue talkers wrote this song, and that's the songs you use in your service. And then I know some of them put their hands up in the air now. Right? I remember when some of them came out, they got so excited, sold books about the prayer of Jabez. Lord, bless me. Lord, increase me. And they're like, wow, what revelation. I said, those faith people have been preaching this for years, and you called us heretics. Now you're preaching it and saying, well, okay, it's all right. Got to make up your mind here, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So everything that has breath is supposed to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at 2 Kings. Go there. I, I, I'm just going to look at a few scriptures. It's not going to go, well, I got to go a little longer because they're eating pizza back there. 2 Kings chapter 3. 2 Kings chapter 3. Go there. <clears throat> praise God. 
Continual victory through praise. How we can have continual victory through praise. As you're finding that, you know, <clears throat> let me just talk to you a little bit. Brother Hagen had a guy at camp meeting one time. And this guy, was, he was a minister, <coughs> excuse me, and he had, before they got a handle on it, he had, he had gotten tuberculosis. And it had, it, had, it had just basically was about to kill him. He was just 26 years old. And the guy, he was a, he was a minister, and so he asked all the churches where he preached at. He was an evangelist. He, said, he asked them all to pray for him. And so... You know, he asked all these churches he went to pray for, for him. He had a radio broadcast. He asked his radio listeners pray for him. And he wasn't any better. And he said he got so bad, he said, I, I ended up in my uh, father-in-law and mother-in-law's home. Had to live there because he couldn't go out and preach, couldn't, you know, didn't have any income. So him and his wife were living there. And um, he said, I was laying in bed one day, and, you know, during the day. And he said, I couldn't get out of bed, couldn't go very far. And I was looking out the windows a summer day, you know. And he said, I thought to myself, you know, he said, I've asked all these people to pray for me, and I'm no better. There's, there's, there's thousands of people praying for me, and I'm not any better. Not that prayer doesn't work, but he, he said, I'm just no better. So he said, I, he said, I said to the Lord, if you will give me enough strength to get to those clump of trees out there in the field, I'll, crawl, I'll go out there and land on those trees and praise you until I'm healed or I'm dead. He said, it felt like strength came in him. And he said, I, I began, he said, I began to go down there. And I, I, he said, I made it down there. And he said, I laid down under those trees. And he said, then I heard this voice. said, well, now you've played the fool. You're going to die here. And nobody's going to know where you're at. Buzzards are going to lead them to you. But he said, I began to praise the Lord. And he said, at first, you know, he, it's like, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Because he didn't have much strength. But it kept getting louder. He said, after two hours, I was standing on my feet, shouting praise to God. Hallelujah, and was totally healed and went back into the ministry. Hallelujah. Why? Because there's power there. It got Paul and Silas out of prison. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, the Bible said everybody's bands got loosed. Hallelujah. And, and, and the interesting thing, when you study history, you know, the jailer, he came in there, he was going to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. And, of course, in those days, if you were a jailer and the prisoners escaped, they killed you. I mean, who'd want to have that job? You make a mistake, you're gone. And so, you know, Paul said, don't do yourself any harm. We're all here. And, you know, he took Paul and Silas and took them to his house, washed their stripes, fed them, gave his life to Jesus Christ. He and that whole, his whole household gave their life to Jesus. And history tells us, that, that this was in the city of Philippi, that jailer became the pastor of the church in Philippi. Talk about a great victory. Hallelujah. God gives us victory. Amen. Hallelujah. Sometimes, you know, well, you know, we, we pray, but, you know, like the Bible said, they prayed and sang praises. So there's an and sometimes. Sometimes we got to sing praises. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. In 2 Kings, look at this, uh, verse uh, 14. Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts liveth before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look toward thee nor see thee. Now what's happened here was uh, the king of Judah, Jehoshaphat, godly king, and Ahab, king of Israel, ungodly king, 
are going to battle together against uh, Samaria. All right. And so they want to, you know, they want to, uh, Jehoshaphat, he wants to hear the word of the Lord. So he said, isn't there a prophet that we can hear from? And so they went to Elisha and Elisha just tells him, hey, if it, if it wasn't for that I regard Jehoshaphat, because he's a godly king, I wouldn't even talk, I wouldn't even look your way. I wouldn't even have anything to do with you. But notice what he said. He said, but now bring me, the King James says, a minstrel, a musician, a psalmist. And it came to pass when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. What do you suppose this minstrel played? Achy, breaky heart? All my exes live in Texas? No, he, he prayed. He played something godly, didn't he? Hallelujah. And the hand of the Lord, the Spirit of God, the power of God came on Elisha and he began to prophesy. Hallelujah. The hand of the Lord came on him. Glory to God. Well, the hand of the Lord will give you victory. You know, there's a story. Uh, you know, when Saul... And when Saul got, King Saul got away from God, the Bible says, and the King James says it this way, but you have to explain it. Well, let's just look at it. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 16. I'll explain it to you a little bit. I don't have time to teach on it, but there's other scriptures I could take you to and teach you because it talks about an evil spirit from God came upon him. Well, God doesn't have any evil spirits, so what's that mean? Well, you know, I don't have time to teach on it, but I know the answer to it because there's other scriptures that talk about it. But... Uh, in, ver in 1 Samuel 16, it says, But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. Let me just say it this way. God removed his spirit, and he, just, he took his hand off Saul, and an evil spirit came along. They said it was from the Lord, but it was only from the Lord in the sense that the Lord took his hand off Saul and allowed this to happen to him. He was his anointed, but he, he got in trouble. And, and Saul's servant said unto him, uh, Behold, an evil spirit from God troubles you. Let our Lord now command thy servants which are here before you to seek out a man who is cunning, player on a harp, and it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God is upon thee that he shall play with his hand, and thou shalt be well. Verse 23. And, and you know who they found? They found David. Now what was David? He was a worshiper. The book of Psalms? A lot of those are David's. That's him out playing his instrument and worshiping the Lord. He was a worshiper. No wonder he was a man after God's own heart. See? And so they bring David, and it says, And it came to pass when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul that David took a harp, he played with his hand, and notice this, so Saul was refreshed, number one, and was well, number two, and the evil spirit departed from him. What's that tell you? The devil cannot stand anointed music. Anointed music. Right? Music that glorifies God. Amen. I don't think you're going to run the devil off with, you know, with, you know, achy, breaky heart. Tear in my beer. Are you listening now? Brother Eddie told me, Pastor Eddie told me uh, we, about a story. Uh, when he and I were working together, we had a couple in our church. They were an older couple in their late 80s and had been married for, oh gosh, I don't know, 60 plus years or, or more. And the husband, he just lived his life out and went home to be with Jesus, you know. 
And naturally, oh, you've been married that long. I mean, there's going to be a void there, right? I mean, you know, God can fill it. But I mean, there's, you know, you got, you got natural feelings. And so Brother Eddie told me, he said, he said, I got a call from her. And he said, she said to me, she said, uh, I, need to, I need to see you. And, um, you know, he said, well, I'm busy and I'll get there when I can, you know, because, you, know, you know, he's a pastor. He's got other things he's doing, too. And he said, she called me back again. She said, I, I need to see you. And he said, well, I'll, I'll get there. I'll get there. I'm busy. But I'll get there. And he said, you know, a little bit of time. And said, she called me the third time. He thought, well, I need to drop whatever I'm doing and get over there. So he said, he went over to her house. You know, of course, she's an older lady. He's a young man. But, you know, it wasn't anything unsanctified. But, you know, he said, he, he said, when I walked into her house, he said she was playing country music. Country music. He said, sister, you got to get that off of there. You got to put some praise music on. See, her soul was desiring to stay in misery. Come on. She wanted to stay in misery. She wanted to wallow in that. But he said, you got to change this. You got to get that off of your, your whatever it was, stereo we called them in those days. You got to get, we thought we were big time when we got Walkmans, right? We'd listen to preaching, please turn the tape over for the conclusion. I have one that's so funny. It, 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 Brother Copeland says, in the beginning God said, please turn the tape over for the conclusion. And so, but he said, you've got to get that off of there. You can't, you can't listen to that. And come out of this. You got to listen to something that will run that evil spirit off. You got to listen to something that'll refresh you. You got to listen to something that'll make you well. Right? See, there even Christian music, there's certain Christian music, it won't do that for you. It doesn't have anointing on it. There's some that does. See, I've been at this long enough that, you know, of course, we know there's those old hymns that have survived all these years because somebody wrote them by the Spirit of God, right? And there's some stuff that's been written in the last, you know, 40 years since I've been in church. It's survived because it was written by the Spirit of God. There's others that they don't last long because they're just they're written, they're written by, out of somebody's head. And it might surprise you, but there's a lot of the Christian music industry that they live immoral lives. They write those songs while they're getting drunk and stoned. And then we sing them in church on Sunday morning and wonder why God won't anoint them. He's not going to anoint them. I'm not talking about we, but I'm just talking about the church. Our guys do a great job at picking them out. But I'm just simply saying, you know, I've been in church service where, yeah, it was loud. It was, I mean, it was, it was, it was fired up, but there wasn't any spirit of God present because he's not going to anoint that so. That's not one of his. Well, it's Christian. Well, okay. Doesn't mean he's, he's behind it. He doesn't back everything we say. If it's not in line with the word. Amen. But, but David, man, he's a sweet psalmist. That's what the Bible called him, the sweet psalmist of Israel. And he is playing some stuff that's got some anointing on him. And when that evil spirit would come on Saul, man, he would be refreshed. He would be well. It would depart. I'm telling you, praise has the power to run the devil out of your life, out of your house. Hallelujah. It has the power to do it. Praise God. I've seen it many times, many times where 
You, you just begin to praise God, and man, the atmosphere changes. Hallelujah. Some, the, the, the hand of the Lord comes on you. The anointing comes on you. I remember sitting in a service one night, and I could tell. I, it wasn't here. I w we didn't even have the church here for them. <clears throat> but I was, getting, I was getting ready to preach at this church, and I could tell. The anointing was coming on me really strong. I mean, I was, I was beginning to just get what we call drunk in the spirit. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Power of God just overcoming you. And I could tell God was wanting, to, wanting me to step over in a prophetic anointing. And I, said, and I knew that if this song leader will sling this one song, we'll get in it all the way. And God is my witness. The next thing he did is start singing that song. I thought, ooh, we're going to have a service. Boy, did we have a service too. Praise God. Hallelujah. People get healed, get delivered. Why? Because the hand of the Lord. Because we're praising God. Amen. Hallelujah. And so it was, it was, uh, Saul was refreshed. And it was well. And the evil spirit left him. Praise God. Now, go in your Bible. I know I'm looking at some scripture tonight, but I think it's good. Let's go to Luke chapter 24 as we begin to wind down. Luke 24, go there. <clears throat> and I want to read that scripture and another scripture, I believe, in the book of Luke, and we'll be done for tonight. <clears throat> Continual victory. God doesn't want us just to have, you know, victory every now and then. Amen. Hit and miss victory. He wants us in continual victory. Hallelujah. Always winning. Hallelujah. Look at uh, Luke chapter 24, verse 50. This is Jesus here. It says, He led, that's Jesus. He led them out, His disciples, as far as to Bethany. He lifted up His hands and He blessed them. And it came to pass, while He blessed them, He was parted from them and carried up to heaven, into heaven. And they worshiped Him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually. Everybody say, continually. In the temple, praising and blessing God. Hallelujah. I was reading that one day, and it's, the Lord said to me, he said, that's why they had continual victory. Hallelujah. We're supposed to do this continually. Let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Right? Continually. Uh, David said, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. When, when David set up, uh, have you ever heard the uh, phrase, the tabernacle of David? It's, it's in your Bible. Uh, that was a, what, what that was, was, you know, Moses had the, the, the uh, tabernacle that, that they set up, you know. But what happened was the Ark of the Covenant got stolen from Israel. The Philistines stole it. And when they had it, all kinds of plagues broke out wherever it went. And so they came up with the bright idea, let's send it back. So they sent it back to Israel. And David, you know, tried to bring it back, but he didn't follow the proper protocol. And Uzzah got killed. He died because of it, you know, because they, they didn't follow. And the Bible said David was afraid of the Lord that day. And so they just left it at a guy's house named Obed-Edom. He was a Gittite. Uh, what's a Gittite? Well, it's somebody not from around here. 
he was actually he was actually a Gentile. He he was really honestly they they were from the area of Goliath, and so, but they left the ark at his house, and God began to bless him. He started getting blessed. It said it blessed his household, everything about him, you know. And David was, you know, sitting in his palace one day, and he said, I'm going to go get that. We're going to do it the right way. We're going to seek God after the proper way. I'm bringing that back to, to Jerusalem. You know, and he brought it back the right way. He got the priest. He got everybody did it the right way. That was a time when he was dancing before the Lord, you know, with all of his might. And his wife, Michael, saw that, and she despised him and said, didn't you look glorious in the sight of all the people of the day? You humbled yourself, undressed yourself. What she was saying, you took off your clean garment, kingly garments, and you just act like a common person. Well, how many know when it comes before the presence of God, we, none of us should have on our kingly garments. We're, we should have on our worship garments and, and just be a common person. Amen? And he said, lady, I'm going to get more vile than this. You haven't seen anything yet. But what he did was he set up a tent, and he put that ark in there, uh, ark of the covenant, and then he got people to come and they worship before that the ark of the covenant and praise the Lord twenty four hours a day, twenty four seven. And um, that was that was David's tabernacle, and. The interesting thing about it was it wasn't like Moses' tabernacle. Moses' tabernacle was formal. It was uh, ceremonial. You messed up there, you died there. It was real legalistic. It was real formal. It was real ritual. David's tabernacle was like the charismatic movement. Y'all hearing me? The, now, this is no knock against any denomination. Don't take it that way. But it, 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 it's like back in the 70s, early 80s, going into a Lutheran church, a Presbyterian church, and then coming into one of our churches. It's totally different. And they would just, David, they would just worship God. You could come in there freely before the Ark of the Covenant and worship God. And the interesting thing is in this New Testament, God didn't say, I'm going to rebuild the tabernacle of Moses. Acts chapter 15, they're discussing it, and it says, don't you know the scripture where God said, I will rebuild the tabernacle of David. What, where we exuberantly praise the Lord. Right. Amen. 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 Not all the formal formality, the ritual. Amen. You know, all that that looks normal. Well, if it looks normal, it's probably not right. Because God's way of doing it is in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. There's got to be some spirit about it. According to the truth. Amen. And so that's what David set up. And this was a continual thing. We're supposed to continually praise the Lord. Amen. What if people continually praise the Lord and then they show up at church? What's going to happen at church? It's going to explode. Hallelujah. I remember many, many years ago, Brother Eddie preaching out of Psalm 65 where it says, Praise awaits for you in Zion. He broke that down. It was so good. He said, What that means, where it says it awaits, praise, is, praise awaits for you in, in, in Zion. He, and you look even at your cross reference in Hebrew, it says it's silent for you in Zion. He said, What it means is it silently 
crouched down like a lion waiting to jump on the prey. And I remember him saying, at the first, he said it this way, pluck of the piano, we ought to be off and running. Boom. It shouldn't be like having to pull teeth. We ought to just jump in. Praise God. Hallelujah. You would be surprised what would happen in your life. It would be amazing the transformation God would do for you. You'd have continual victory. Let's close out. You get something tonight? Luke chapter 17. <coughs> Luke 17. I know we've looked at a lot of scripture tonight, but it's, it's really good. And I, well, we, I say we looked at a lot of scripture. I could have looked at boatloads more. You know, there is a book called Psalms, and it praises God a lot. <laughs> we could look at that. That's 150 of them, isn't there? Amen. And that was Israel's prayer and song book, you know. Amen. God gave us a tongue to glorify Him. Amen. Yes. And to speak His word. Amen. And, and uh, I want to look at this story in Luke chapter 17 as we close out. Verse 11, it says, It came to pass... As he, that's Jesus, he, he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. Now, leprosy in the Old Testament, it, it's a type of sin in the New Testament. And so uh, you read the, the ritual for cleansing leprosy in the Old Testament. It, it's, it's pointing us to the cleansing of sin in the New Testament by the blood of Jesus. And, and they lifted, and verse 13 said, They lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And he said unto them, uh, Go show yourselves to the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Now, I brought this out before, but let me say it again, okay? That where they were at in, in this area, where they were at, it was approximately 45 miles to Jerusalem. That's where they would have gone to to show himself to the priest. So when Jesus said to these 10 men, go show yourself to the priest, they knew they're going to have to walk 45 miles to go show themselves to the priest, and they're not cleansed yet. That's a step of faith, isn't it? And it doesn't tell us how far they went. It says as they went, they were cleansed. They could have went 100 feet. They could have went 5 miles. We don't know. It doesn't say. But my point is, is they knew they took off without seeing any physical evidence. He said, go show yourself. Well, we're going. And as they went, they were cleansed. See, that's an act of faith, isn't it? And it says, and, and verse 15, And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back with a loud voice, right? And glorified God. And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And then Jesus answered, said, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? In other words, he expected them all to come back, didn't he? Didn't he? Jesus expects us all to praise, not just one out of ten. Are, are there, there are not found that return to give glory to God except this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Now, he didn't say that to the others, did he? He said they were cleansed, right? But this guy was made whole. And now we've heard this before. I learned this from a friend many, many years ago. You know, leprosy eats off part of your body. They, this guy got his parts back. The others, I mean, it's great enough just to have it stop. 
But this guy got, he made, this word whole means salvation, sozo. He got the whole package. Now, what I see from that is this. In the New Testament, after we're cleansed of our spiritual leprosy, our sin, God expects us to come back and give Him praise. And when we do that, that's when we receive the completeness of our inheritance. Hallelujah. We get wholeness. I believe if you praise God and thank God enough, you're going to be a whole person. Spirit, soul, and body. It'll lead you to wholeness. Hallelujah. It'll give you continual victory. Hallelujah. I don't believe you can stay depressed. I don't believe you can stay beat down if you praise the Lord. I believe you put on a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. You have to choose what garment you're going to put on, right? Every day you choose what garment you're going to put on. I heard, anybody ever heard John Maxwell before? <laughs> he's a, he teaches on leadership. He's a, when, you, when you listen to him, I haven't listened to him a whole lot, but some, but he's a pretty funny guy, honestly. And, uh, and he's, a, he's a former huser, so he's got to be good. Anyway, he, he, said, he said one day, he said, I came home. He said, I, you know, I dressed, went out to do what I was going to do that day. He said, I came home. And he said, my wife looked at me and said, you didn't wear that today, did you? He said, I looked down and said, yeah. He said, from that day on, he said, she, she took all the days of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, that I'm going to be out. She put everything on one hanger, pants, shirt, jacket, sweater, whatever. This is Tuesday, John. This is Wednesday, John. Because she just he doesn't know what he's doing. All right. She wanted to make sure he had on the right garment. Well, as believers, we have to put on the right garment. And the garment we're to put on every day is the garment of praise. Hallelujah. Praise God. We, but we have a choice every day. What am I going to put on today? Amen. I know we're not perfect at it, but we got to work at it, right? You know, it's like, the other, like I said the other day when I was grumpy over my phone. I had the wrong garment on. I was being defeated by an iPhone 13. Big man of faith being beat by an iPhone. Guess what? That's not good. You need to put the garment of praise on. Hallelujah. It wouldn't give me directions where I wanted to go, and I was just ticked off. Why did I ever change from Samsung? I hate this iPhone. Don't tell me you'll get used to it. I've heard that 574 times. I was already used to it. I have an iPad. It's the same thing, only it's bigger. It's just like an iPhone. They're the exact same thing. I'm used to it. I just don't like it. I like Samsung better. Can I be an Android guy and you be an you be a Apple guy and we still get along? <laughs> Pastor Jerry's not sure. How many understand you got to choose what garment you're going to put on? Every day. Am I going to go out with the garment of praise on or I'm going to go out with heaviness? Choose the garment of praise. Every day, you, in the natural, you pick out your clothes. Well, I don't know. When I go to Walmart, I think some people, they didn't, they didn't give much thought to it. My gosh. I wouldn't even go out to the mailbox with that on. 
If I did, I'd run. But anyway, America as such as it is. Let's don't fall into that. How about it? Let's, let's, let's be honorable people. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit myoasischurch.com. Thanks for listening.